podcast with Victor Pacheco. Hello and welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, Victor Pacheco. We got a really great show for y'all today with a very special guest, a really funny guy I met in San Francisco, originally from the Bay, killing it here in Southern California. He is the Rose Battle Champion. You've seen him on the Showtime documentary about the comedy store. He is a comedy store regular, and he's my homie. I want you to give it up for my man, Mr. Frank Castillo. Yeah, that's how you say the last name? Cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just like you're either too Mexican or not Mexican enough. And yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. and no, because it's just like, how would you like to, for, 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 for me to introduce you? It's like, is it is it Pacheco or Pacheco? Yeah, yeah, it's like, do you want the Italian version of Castillo or do you want the like Mexican version of Castillo? Well, I mean, it also depends though, too. I don't, but I mean, though, I don't mean to be like, like, like uh, easy going, but if it's an all Mexican room in Salinas, you're Frank Castillo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not Frank Castillo. Or you're, 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 you're Frank Castillo. And I've seen the differences, especially in the cutthroat Mexican rooms where they're just like, hey, fuck your dreams and aspirations. Make this laugh, puto. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so it's just like I've been through like that type of drama. I mean, but also that type of learning experience where it's like, you know, I got tough skin now and all yeah. that good. Uh, for those of you uh, listening at home that aren't watching the video, uh, my boy Frank is sparking up a fatty and he's talking to a fatty. So this is just on <laughs> on brand, on point. It's so cool, man, that, that, that I, I got to get you on my show. Uh, I actually first met Frank of all places at the San Francisco Punchline. Uh, right before the pandemic. And I got to I got to tell you, um, <coughs> at certain comedy clubs, sometimes comics are like insecure about, oh, I wonder if this crowd's going to like me or if this material is going to be good with this. Frank, don't give a fuck. Yeah. Frank legit said some of the funniest fucking th I'm not going to burn any of your material, but he talked about a family <laughs> member. He talked about a uh, significant other, the family member and um for his own safety. Let, let's just put it like those are the broad strokes without yeah. taking away anything away. But I was howling. I was screeching. I was all like, I need to know this guy. This guy's my friend. I just I don't he doesn't even know who the hell I am. But I'm just like, dude, San Francisco punchline. Everybody's like in audition mode, audition mode, audition mode. And you were like, I'm in beast mode. And yeah. like I learned something watching you that night that you didn't even know because like I'm always well, every time I'm at the punchline I'm in audition mode audition mode audition mode but in reality I need to be in Victor Pacheco mode just how yeah. Frank was in Frank Castillo mode and murdered and like dude you said some of the funniest things that like I like for sure for sure would kill in San Jose for sure would kill in Modesto would sure for kill and it was just like dude it showed so much conviction and I was just like dude that is a real comic. That is, oh my God, that's so fun. Uh, we recently did a show, well, maybe not that recently, a few months back, uh, Long Beach at the Laugh Factory, the Latino show. Oh, yeah, yep. that was the first time I was ever there, and that shit was wild. That dude. Was, that felt I, like church, dude. That was crazy. Dude, I was really so surprised. I was, okay, first of all, I was nervous because I'd never been there before. Absolutely. So many Mexicans. So many Mexicans. And also, Frank is not, okay, there was a lot of Mexican women there between the ages of 45 and 60. Yeah. A yeah. lot. It was wild. a lot. A <laughs> lot. On the Thursday night in Long Beach, California. <laughs> like, and here's the thing, though, too, because I went up to Frank I just said, what's up? Are you doing? And like, you know, and I was like, hey, Frank, hey, I don't know if you remember this joke, but you said it at the punchline. It was fucking hysterical. And then you said that joke that night. And it was hey, you both. Sorry. You remember what the joke was? Oh, yeah. I absolutely remember that joke. That It's one of those jokes. that's so funny that if you a joke is only funny if somebody else can repeat it, comic or non-comic, and it's still funny. Yeah. And, and it's about how your sister's got a new boyfriend. Yeah. And yeah, right? Yeah. And that, yeah, okay. I'm not burning any shit. No, no, no. I'm not burning any good stuff. I'm just the broad strokes because I hate it when they're like, and this is the punchline to that joke. And it's just like, no, don't say it. Let me say it if somebody, I'm just kidding. Because like, uh, that was a really funny hysterical story because it's like holy shit 
like you put yourself in a vulnerable spot and it's like people sometimes are like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's like, you know, especially with Latino families. So and then I have a bunch of questions because I've seen your stand up and I've seen your roast battles mm -hmm. and both are very unfiltered. Both are very funny. But with your roast battles, you go to the jugular and you're not just trying to win the battle. You're trying to make sure that these people never battle again. <laughs> is how is how I see it, because quite honestly, I, I you know, I, I didn't know if I wanted to say this, but fuck it. I'll say it. When I saw you when I was visiting my friend in the ICU and I didn't know who the hell you were. I was a comic and I was just visiting my friend in the hospital and I saw you against some pretty boy, white boy. I'll do respect. Don't know. Don't know him. Don't know you. But I'm just like, OK, I'm rooting for this Mexican just because he's Mexican. Just, was you know, it just the family room or was it uh do you remember what, what it was? Oh, it was the it was when you won against oh, that Richard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, dude, dude, you were fucking making fun of him for looking like a child molester and all this fucked up shit. It was okay. I don't give a fuck. That's on YouTube. So at any rate, so that I mean, as far as burning material, but that was so hysterical that and then like um, so I have a question. So obviously, there's no line when it comes to Rose battling. Do you have a line when it comes to actual stand-up comedy for topics you don't want to talk about or you're reluctant to talk about or you think twice about before talking about it? I mean, uh, you know, I got this school shooter bit that I've been doing that's like my favorite <laughs> fucking bit right now. And it's like, it's just, you know, I, I don't know, it's, uh, you know, I, so working at the store and I'm going up there all the time, like there's a lot of servers that I'm friends with that I've known for years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talk about it too, because they have a great outside perspective of getting to watch us go up all the time and seeing our progress in like, you know, as like a step back. So he made a good, my friend Morgan made a good point last night where he was like, you know, I can tell you're getting better and you're leveling up because it used to just be your standup was about you know, you looking in at your family, looking in at you and all that stuff. And he's like, but now you have like, you've figured out your lens of comedy to where like now when I look at subjects or things that I find odd or funny, now I'm more willing to just do it instead of being like, ah, like I'll wait. Like I have this Leonardo DiCaprio joke that I just started doing Friday and I had so much fun. I talked to my friend about doing it and he was like, just do it. Like just, you have so many spots this week and you might as well just do it. And then I did it and then I did it Friday, then I did it Saturday, then I did it Sunday. And then now I have like a bit that I know the through line for because I know all the, so it was just like, I got to keep fucking with it. But that was like, you know, I truly just try to point out stuff that's like funny and make people laugh. Mm -hmm. I used to worry about the moral dilemma of it where it was like, you know, I portray this, this. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm on stage. Everyone knows I'm just kidding. And <laughs> I just said the most wildest shit about my family and stuff. Like, how can anyone think of being serious about these things that I'm talking about? Because I truly don't, you know, most of the opinions I have, I don't really mean. I just saying it because it's funny and I'm like not supposed to have this opinion, you know? Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now, where it's like, I'm just trying to think of like the funniest, goofiest shit for an opinion that maybe everyone has, maybe everyone doesn't have. Because like, I see so many comics, especially in Los Angeles complain about stuff in the in the news or complain about things and the, there's a part of me that bugs me so much where it's like just be funny about it like even if it's your opinion have something funny to say about it because then that's what's going to convince me because i'm also not a regular person right i don't think it, any of us that go on stage are regular people yeah, I, try <laughs> I try to separate myself where it's like you know the like this is like the the this is the human aspect you know and it's like you know politics you know i save all that for the voting and stuff and you know if i really feel maybe but like then there's the whole comic aspect of it where it's like all right what's the funniest thing about this what is the funniest thing about this conversation everyone's having and then i try to attack it from there um and i just try to do something that i try to take the the either the least popular opinion or the opinion that no one's talking about or i'll try to like one of my favorite things to do is i try to be like the dumb guy so i'll try to take the other side's uh, argument but try to rationalize it um through the other side in a sense that like everyone is arguing about the leo thing not being or everyone's arguing that it's creepy and a lot of people are arguing that it's not being creepy 
So then the idea that I'm taking is that uh, it was like, well, it is kind of creepy, but it's not as creepy as the military who's like real predatory. Like they show up when you're in high school and you're oh, 18. Fuck. You know what I mean? Like Leo's Leonardo DiCaprio is just the military for hot chicks where it's like, you know, he shows up on the 21, shows them the world, fucks them a few times, then he pays for college. You know what I mean? Like just... <laughs> And then, like, and then, like, the other angle I had of it was, uh, it was like, uh, you know, uh, it was like anyone, um, anyone would leave anyone that's married for a long time would absolutely leave them their significant other for a younger person. And usually, everyone like it gets quiet and they're like, no, 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 there's always like one married guy. And then I asked them, I was like, you know, how long you've been married? And they tell me, and then I go, you wouldn't leave your wife for a younger woman? They go, absolutely not. And I'll go, would you leave? your wife for the younger version of herself that you first met right now if she walked in and- <laughs> Jesus Christ Frank dude you can't be asking people that <laughs> you, can't, you can't be asking people that because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then I'll ask and then I'll ask her I'll be like do you want uh, <laughs> your husband for the younger version of him and then they'll either say yes so most of the time women get it by then they're like yeah um, but then someone gave me a tag. It was Leslie. She goes, she goes, and women will absolutely do that because at the end of the day, the, everyone wants the younger versions of themselves. Yeah. You are. And I was like, oh yeah, it was like, especially oh, women. I was wow. like, yeah, it was like a humans, humans in general. It's like, we always want like, bro, you kidding me? I 21. Absolutely. Everyone wants that. You know what, Frank? I was expecting to have a stoner conversation and I'm getting goosebumps right now for how fucking I mean, deep this is. Like, it, no, this is fucking deep because, dude, that ties it all around. It is the fountain of youth. We didn't make that shit up. That's been around for centuries, millennia, because we've all been striving to be the younger versions of ourselves. So for that all to go around, it's full circle, dude. baby, full circle, baby. And yeah. so that for you to have friends, that's like, you know what? adding this tag and that's the fucking thing that's what's good about being around like-minded people but also though too that know your voice know your your comedic stylings know you know because it's like you know how i would do that joke who gives a fuck how you do that joke we're talking about frank right now and so that's why i don't like writing groups unless it's with somebody i know and they know me and we know each other's voices there's a a few people honestly listen to you or i'm excited to run stuff by and also like if I have a joke that I feel is like that, where it's like kind of on the line, like I talked to Christine Little about it last night, where, you know, she's very like feminist. She's very, you know, and I told her, I was like, you know, I have this bit um, and uh, I know like a lot of women are upset. And I was like, but I just want to like, and I talked her through it and she had like, she was like, well, what about this? What about this? And I had something, each thing for everything she said. And she was like, that's a good bit. She was like, I hate it. She was like, that's such a good bit. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's this argument of like, it's the premise. But then, like, you look at all the different arguments people have and you try to find the funniest thing for that. And then now you just have this. It's fun to take the audience through, like, you know, tiptoe them through, like, all these points where it's like, oh, which way is it going to go? And then you show them just the funny, dumb thing. Well, I mean, but, but you're like a scientist when it comes yeah. to the breakdown of step-by-step order. And the reason I say scientists is because I look at stand-up comedy like a science experiment in that when you uh, when you follow the order of operation, you have to do it in a certain order in order for everybody to be on the same wavelength as you, to, so, to, to manipulate yeah. the energy in the room so everybody is on Team Frank Castillo at all yeah. times. And so it's, I'm piggybacking on what you're saying. And also, if I'm saying something wrong, be like, hey, Vic, actually, because, no, no, you know, no, <laughs> and I mean, to add to it, it's also like uh, I always think of it like, you know, it's the art and I, the art of it is, I think, is something that everyone goes through, like any kind of artist where it's like, you know, you think of it in your head or you see it or you hear it. And then it's trying to convey what's in your mind to everyone else in the clearest possible way. And uh, yeah, I was talking to someone else about that last night, but it's just like this. Because when you when I first started comedy, it's like I think of something and it take me months or like a year to finally figure out how to say it or how I like, you know, and then now I'll think of something and it'll be already kind of fully formed or at least a little bit more formed. And and then I'll like have more fun playing with it. And then I'll fig- I just ex- get excited to figure it out. And then I'll annoy my wife with uh, comedy talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think everybody's significant other has to deal with that. 
<laughs> at some level because like even me i'm laying in bed with my wife i have a deviated septum because of uh poor choices i've made in the past and because you're as, a real comic you know I mean? <laughs> yeah and I, and I got messed up teeth too so you know i'm a real comic but i'm laying in bed with my wife and i i'm breathing a little hard i'm like <sighs> and i was like holy shit i, I sound like an elephant what happens if I tell a joke about fucking my wife like an elephant? And then we started laughing and I was all like, I got a new joke. So yeah. at any rate, so it was just like, oh, my God, like it, it's, it's it's fun to 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 go over material with the wife or a significant other. Uh, but it's just like it, it, it's always important to talk to other comics about writing. So. I have a question. Do you ever go back to like old journals from years ago and then bring a joke back from the dead or bring a thought to life that you never even attempted? Someone, uh, I remember, I think it might've been Leslie once when I was at the store, I was doing a joke and it was just rough subject that was happening in the news at the time or something like that. And there was something funny about it. I just couldn't figure it out. And then I remember she came up to me and she was like, uh, she was like, yeah, that's just, she was like, this is one of those bits that's um, it's just too advanced for where you are right now. And then I was like, oh, that's actually really good. That's actually when you put it that way, that's a that's a that's a great fucking point. Like it was like, why am I going to try to tackle something so so tough uh, and then lose the audience for the rest of the set? You know what I mean? When it's like I could just do the things that I'm doing that's funny or like work on the things like kind of like my level and then build to it because you know I see people talk about such heavy subjects and it's like. Because you can tell they haven't found the funny thing in it, but they're just trying to look for it. And it's like, that is fine. But it's like, you got to have like, if you don't have like a laugh in the middle of some heavy thing, like now you now you just brought up a heavy thing. And then it's like, the it's room, just, yeah, just there's a musk in the room of sadness. It's just a lecture or yeah. like, it's like an open forum. It's now like a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. There's no punchline. But I've been to some funny Narcotics Anonymous meetings where they fucking kill it. I'm like, dude. Yeah. This is a comic for sure. And then, then they're not. But um, I was going to ask you uh, some questions with um, because for me, I, I knew you. Uh, it was so hilarious because as soon as you got passed at the comedy store, which is for anybody who doesn't know this, being passed at any comedy club is 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 really like a sign that you, you, you've been accepted. But when 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 you get when, when you've earned the spot of becoming a paid regular at the comedy store, that is above and beyond what the normal standard is for any club because it's world renowned. It's a world famous comedy store. And so what was funny was for me, I was, so I'm happy for Frank. I just met him. He's cool. Oh, cool. And now he's a regular at the world famous comedy store. I'm super happy for you. And it was so funny because I saw a comment where you're like, I told my first grade teacher that said I wasn't going to amount to shit that I'm a paid regular at the fucking comedy store or you said something like that yeah, and, yeah. and i was dying i was like this is the funniest fucking thing i've ever yeah. seen in my life and then also i saw the showtime documentary and then i'm like i wonder if i if i know anybody i'm like oh shit that's frank and then they tell you in the kitchen you're like yeah you just got passed you're like what and it was it was so amazing because i wasn't there obviously when they told yeah. you you got passed but i felt like i was there because it, it was it was so like you could see how happy you were all the years of, of, of going up and trying and, you know, auditioning and doing everything that you and it's not just that, because every comedy club, when they're interested in you, they're looking to see what else you're doing. Not mm -hmm. are you just hanging out at this club? Are you going up at this other club? Are you going on tour? Have any headliners picked you up to go on tour across the country? Are you headlining any shows? Are you just an opener? Are you do you, because like when it comes to the comedy store, I know for a fact they only pass paid regulars who either have the potential or are headliners. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, not yeah. not just funny comics because there's a ton of funny comics that are not passed at the comedy store. It's those that are either headliners or going to be headliners or going to be like a like a household name or something to that effect so i mean for the people at home that don't know that because it's so important i mean like i go there just to check out shows or i go there for a showcase in the belly room and i'm i'm you know best behavior i i hope i get discovered i know it doesn't work like that but yeah. i mean it's just like you know it's like everywhere i go it's on my best behavior so i want to ask you what was your experience and what is your experience at the comedy store 
um, you know, to uh, like how it was like potluck getting in the auditioning. Were you ever a non-paid regular? Uh, what was the process to become a regular? Like, did how many auditions did you have to do? Like, oh. can you like walk, walk, walk us through that? Yeah, it took it's, it was uh, the whole process took about six years just to get passed. And then now that I'm passed, it's still like and now you're in the other side of it, which is like, well, now you did the thing and now you have to now you get to go up on stage and work in front of that. You know what I mean? Like I got bumped by Leslie Jones the other night. Like uh, I've been bumped by Bill. I had to follow Liza. I've had to do tons of crazy shit at the store. But that's like all the things you work towards. And before that, it was like, you know, I showed up when I was 23, signed up for the open mics for like got two, three years before I got hired. Um, Then I was a door guy for about six years. And then that was like taking out the trash, Uh, all the worst parts of working in a nightclub, but the best parts of working in the best comedy club of the world. So I got to watch everybody go up for fucking five to six days out of the week. So it's like, you know, they talk about their 10,000 hours. It's like, yeah, I watched and did comedy and got to do spots when they're around while on shift. So it's like you just it's like college, but for comedy, like you show up, you work, they might toss you up in the belly room. You might get to open up the OR, you know, for five minutes and then you get to talk to Mark Marin. You get to talk to all these big comics and you get to, you know, make a name for yourself. So, you know, I was very lucky and I appreciate the path that I took because it does feel like, you know, when I talk to other comics or in these industry things and like you talk to them, it's like, you know, like, you know. I'm from I'm a kid from Eastside San Jose. Like my dad works at Safeway. You know, my mom was, you know, was just a crazy lady in college. You know, my I don't have anyone that works in the industry. You know, my mom wasn't on SNL. You know, my dad's not like a fucking famous writer. You know what I mean, like my dad didn't like, you know, co-direct some of the best sitcoms coming up. You know, what I mean? like I'm just a guy that had to put his head down and fucking do the work. And the system the system at the store is one of the only places that lets you do that. So I just did it. You know, I just showed up, put the work in, fucking wrote the jokes. Uh, I, I took every chance I could at uh, roast battle. And I did that. That got me a little bit of name recognition. And then when I got the job, all the headliners that saw me win roast battle would take me on the road, fuck with me. And then when I won roast battle on TV, that really set it up for me. Cause they were just like, Oh, you know, he's really good at writing. Let's see what he can do. And then getting up and opening up for everybody. And then just, featuring solid for a year and a half is what made me better at stand-up and then now it's just like you know i don't i get stressed sometimes uh when it comes to like industry stuff and like fsnl or F, uh, jfl and like industry stuff but like at the end of the day i always have to remind myself that i got the thing that i wanted you know like name on the wall doing stand-up fucking in the main room show around town like people know me and that's that's cool. I got a cool podcast. And it's like, once you live in that kind of life, you know, you're happy with the wife. You got a cool, solid house set up. Like you're good. Then it's like, now you get to have fun, you know? So it's like, I see, especially at the store, you see comics that blow up on Instagram because of a TikTok or whatever. And now they got tons of stuff, but they still want to get in at the store. And that place is the great regulator, you know, like, yeah. I've seen people with credits come in and be like, I want my shot. And they'll give them the shot and they just don't deliver. And then it's like, well, you can't come in. And then they're just like, well, why aren't I in? That's like, well, cause you know, we have this person who's a no name from the Midwest who fucking murdered their showcase. Cause this is all they got. You know what I mean? Dude. So it's, it's, it's crazy that place, man. Cause it is that. No, because that's what I'm saying. I, I can name at least five people that are hysterical with a bunch of TV credits that are not passed there. Yeah. And, and like exactly what you just said. And I don't know if, if because these comics are like really funny. So I'm not saying like, oh, they should be passed or anyone should be passed. I'm just saying that with with what you have accomplished and everything you've gone through and especially how you humbly explained it right now, like. Like, I, like, you know, like you don't have anybody in the industry, you know, it's not like you're Jonah Hill and like your dad's some like, you know, executive producer and, you know, his cousins with Harvey Weinstein or whatever. Huh. And so it's like, you know, I so know it's like, you hook up on dairy. That's about it, dog. Hey, dog, that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's 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 sick, man. Dairy's gone up because of gas prices. So, hey. That's legit. I appreciate that. But I don't I'm not going to go all the way to San Jose for that. No, I'm just kidding. No, but um, I was going to ask you, um, how was it like for the crew to be there? when you were um, 
passed at the comedy store when they were doing the documentary. I mean, of all the times it made a fucking documentary. So, so I, I gotta I gotta tell you how hot dogs are made. Uh I got passed <laughs> I think a year and a half to two years before they shot that. So they had it so like what happened was, uh, you know, they were so they were they were shooting the doc over like I think a year and a half. Yeah, and they had all these storylines they were gonna do, and um, they wanted to do something with the new paid regulars, and then uh, I didn't, I didn't know I was gonna get passed. Uh, they were literally just showcasing people at the time, and um, you know, I showcased, had a good set. Um, Adam had been watching all of us for like four to six weeks over the course. And then, um, let's see, I was walking out of the store and then Adam passed me right then there. He just told me he actually passed me in the same spot that I got hired in as a door guy, um, like a few years early. Yeah. So it was like, it was a whole thing. Like, so when he told me this, the director was right next to him when they were talking about the doc and he was just like, God damn it. He was like, I should have had my camera. Cause he passed me, I started crying and all this shit. Like it was a whole thing. I hugged Aww. up. I fucking screamed, bro. Uh, Lee was right next to us, and he thought for he said the reaction I had, he thought someone had died because I was like <laughs> hugging him and crying, and they were like, oh, yeah. and then they were just like, oh, that's way better. And then like they were like, don't say anything, just wait till tomorrow. Uh, then when we announcement, so I had to like leave because I didn't want to like be there just crying. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Um, how hot dogs are made I'm sorry that is the best uh, preamble to that story <laughs> best preamble oh Jesus Christ so they're is... like we're gonna we're gonna have you reenact it and they did they had to shoot it like twice which was oh, it was so tough because it was like you want me to reenact the they're like just do what happened I was like you mean the greatest moment of my life you mean you know you want me to reenact <laughs> yeah re-enact dude the best thing no don't get me wrong it's great but like <laughs> as a comedian and everything you work hard for you start off at an open mind every we all start off at open mind yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that was you're, oh you're a, a paid regular at the at the best comedy club in the world not just the state not just la in the yeah. world that's developed so many comics developed so many shows it's, it's the whole thing and so it's just you are part of that family and yeah. so, like, like I'm happy for you because, like, actually, w- because I had just met you, and then I found that out. I was like, oh wow, that that guy's fucking cool. Like, you know, like that's 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 amazing because, like, uh, getting past any comedy club is amazing, but the comedy store is like next level. And so it's just like I- I'm happy to hear that that's going your way. I was gonna talk to you um, about weed uh, because. I love weed. Weed's great. I do weed shows uh, where, you know, different theme shows. Sometimes uh, there's shows where it's 420 friendly and you can smoke weed in the crowd. And uh, I was wondering how your experiences are, because like uh, there's bootleg ones and then there's like official sponsored ones. I I think uh, I think there definitely needs to be comedy clubs where you can smoke weed and drink uh, just because everyone has their own kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's ridiculous to go to a comedy club and they're like, "Sorry, we can't have weed here." It's like I know people are doing coke right now in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> people on drugs right now in this building. Like, just let us do it. Um, but there is like some audiences do get too stoned, and there's that de- delayed reaction. But it's like I think a good mix of an audience is fun, you know. Yeah, I I agree that the mix is fun. The weed is fun. I was in a green room. I'm not going to say which comedy club, but let's say there's a window there and it's upstairs. <laughs> and um, I was in that green room and people were smoking cigarettes out the window and um, doing lines of whatever on the table right there. And I'm like, oh, it's party zone. Hey, is it cool to smoke a joint? And then somebody was twacked out of their mind with a cigarette. <laughs> no, dude, that shit stinks. And I'm just like, what the fuck? How come I can't yeah, smoke yeah. a fucking joint? It's so funny to see like uh, people that do like harder drugs, like look down on people that smoke weed. I was like, what are you, what are you, like, what are you doing? Like, it's, you know? a, it's like grow up and do a line. Okay, yeah, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do, do a fucking line. Stop being a little pussy. What are you, a 12 year old? Yeah, I'm on acid. I'm like, what are you, where is everybody yelling at me? Yeah. <laughs> Why do weed smokers get stigmatized? Um, it's easier. But why? Okay, fine. Let me rephrase that. Why is it okay in the Mexican? Why is it more accepted in the Mexican culture to have kids out of wedlock 
than it is to be a marijuana smoker. For real, I got a cousin that uh, <laughs> I got a cousin that's like, you know, has like real like, has dealing with drug addiction, has gone to jail and stuff. And uh, you know, they're just like, you still smoking weed, Frank? I'm like, yeah. And then like, how's cousin? They're like, you know, he's he's hanging in there, he's doing well. And I was like, why is this? Why is this the dynamic? You know what I mean? Like, I was on TV. I took weed. Like, what do you guys? What do you guys think? What do you think? These are all flukes. <sighs> well, you know, because you know, you're doing so good. It's just that you know, it's just that one thing. You had that one flaw, and that's you know, es un marihuano. Yeah, exactly. I'm just and, like, you- Everyone, uh, Frank. Like, <laughs> Frank, you're such a good, you're such a good young man. Why, why do you have to, why do you have to corrupt your life with marijuana? I, I had an aunt um, call me, and I think I hurt her feelings, and I felt bad, but she was just like, uh, you know, I just wish she wouldn't smoke so much weed, and I was just like, yeah, man, I uh, wish, <laughs> I was like, I wish your son didn't do fucking hardcore drugs. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> oh my god. I was, like, <laughs> uh, I was like i'm touring the country and uh you know making good money um so maybe i'm not the one that you should be talking to about uh the drugs he's taking <laughs> oh my god yeah that that would that that's that's offensive um but so like i'm in this weird spot where it's like i'm in my 30s now like me and my wife have us like we have a place we have we don't like bug family members for money because we need it like we're we're solid now you know what I mean? nice so it's just like we both have our careers, we both have everything. So it there's a little part of me that like annoys me to no end when I have family members like call me and be like, you know, you should do this, or like, hey, have you thought about you know what I mean? And then I'm like, I'm like looking at their kids, and it's like I love my my cousins, but I'm just like, they're not even close to doing the shit that I'm doing. Right. So right. Like, what, what is it in your head that makes you feel like it's okay to call me and be like, you know, maybe you should get into like. I don't know, like being a doctor or like something. I'm just like, what is? Are you doing great at what you're doing? You're doing, you're killing what it. You what? Okay. I, for the record, I didn't know that you were, you're Indian from India. And <laughs> you had relatives that want you to be a fucking doctor. Because no, I know an Indian. He's a fucking engineer. He used to work for PayPal, but his younger brother is a medical doctor. So the mom thinks he's a piece of shit, even though he makes like half a million dollars a year. And yeah. I'm like, you make more money than your little brother, but you're a piece of shit because you don't have MD after your name. It's it's the yeah, the dynamic is so funny to me. Yeah, but you're, you're a comedy doctor, and you just don't have an MD. You have a you have a CD. You know, comedy degree. I, I remember know. explaining to my uh, step grandparents what I do, and I was, I was like, yeah, I'm going to Japan to do stand up, and they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I'm, I was like, I'm gonna go fly to Japan, yeah, and I'm gonna go talk for a little bit, mm-hmm. and they're gonna give me money. <laughs> come back and they were just like who pays for the flights so i was like they do and they're like well, where are you gonna stay i was like they have that set up for me and they're like what do you what do you mean and i was like i'm so funny <laughs> <laughs> oh my god my yeah so cool <laughs> and i know it's unheard of for any of you guys to for, the, for that to be said about any of my answer, you know, like step family. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I feel like two words are missing in the fucking vocabulary for Latinos, and that's that's proud. And um, oh god, I'm, I'm missing the other one. Um, god, but like Mexican parents are just like the well, mijo, don't do yeah. that, you're gonna embarrass yourself. Absolutely, it's, and it's just know. like oh, but 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 dude, hold on a second. Do you like it feels like, dude, you're, you're a comedian, you're a professional comedian, you're great at what you do. And then it's like, I'm a paid speaker who says funny things and is required to say funny things to keep these paid public speaking engagements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's, uh, you know, I that's uh, that's the base what you're doing. I think a lot of like Mexicans, especially like my mom, uh, they you know their parents were immigrants so they came here so they had that yeah. mentality and they like you know when your grandfather like crosses the border legally or illegally yeah. uh <laughs> for like that american dream their version it's always what they think of the american dream and then that passed down to your parents who like my mom has her version of the american dream for me and then it's like oh no this is my american dream this is to go and do stand-up like this is what i want and then i'm great at it and it's so funny to see like them still be like, oh, no, you're not doing like the thing that we needed you to do. It's like, no, no, I am. It's just not what you thought it was. You know? So 
So are you just supposed to have like a successful like um construct, a construction a construction company and like yeah. 10, ten employees and you're the boss and three other yeah. jobs? You know what I mean? Like she wants me to drive a truck and it's like no, it's just not what you <laughs> was you know uh sorry the truck thing just got me it's just like i don't drive a truck and it's just like i'm mexican enough and it's just like you know it's just like look dude i I don't know well that also like i don't know because with the culture it's hard to talk about it with people that are not exposed to it or haven't experienced people are exposed to it it's just oh i grew up in a latino it's like yeah did you get your ass beat though yeah because you're younger than me but even though we're we're considered millennials I don't feel I'm a millennial. I feel okay. I'm a generation Xer only because my parents used to fucking beat the shit out of me as a kid. And they yeah. had us young. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. And they had us young. But yeah. but but my point. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's why it's just like, you know, the, the things with 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 our culture. And OK, for example, the first time that I, I got paid to do to to perform stand up. I was I didn't have a regular job and I definitely did not have. And I'm a fat guy. I I was living at my parents at the time, went to a 7-Eleven, got a Slurpee, got a candy bar, you know, fat guy shit. And then I go home and my mom's like, Mijo, where'd you get that money from? And I'm like, oh, I got this from from last night from from doing stand up. She's like, Mijo, they they gave you money to go on stage to be a clown. And I was all like, well, I wasn't a clown. I was actually really funny. And they gave me money. I mean, so I could, you know, I what you you didn't steal this money from my purse. I'm like, mom, I've never stolen any money from your purse. Mijo, are you prostituting yourself out? <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, mom, who would pay to have sex with me? Seriously. And by the way, you think people are more likely to pay me for sex than pay me? To, to be funny on stage? You see me killing it during Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and New Year's? You think I, you, you know what? But but at any rate, I know it's different being funny with family members than it is being funny on stage with complete strangers. Oh, it, and it's so funny because like I always feel like I, I like my cousins, they do not respect the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm my God, visit my family. Like, I wish I, you were my cousin because fucking I'm fucking proud as fuck of you, dude. And like I. I oh, no, I'm they're not, proud, but they tease the shit out of me still. Well, they tease it because it's not a traditional job, but it's also also for the record. A lot of people fucking think going on stage is us just winging it. We're winging it as we go. And it's just like, no, it's like we've been doing this for for weeks, months, years, sometimes even decades. It's so polished from so much. uh, Sorry, I invited a friend to come watch me. It was his first time. Yeah. Watch me. Loved it. And then he came to watch me the next time. He goes, and it's like his first time at a comedy club. We were making fun of him so much later in the back, but he was like, uh, so do you do like the same stuff or do you have like other stuff that you get, do you do? And I was like, this motherfucker. And then like, I went up and I, I like, was like, well, I, I have to do other shit or I got to do some new jokes. And I did. And it was still a good set. But like, once we got in the back, oh, that was so cool. I didn't see any of that. And I was like, yeah. Then I was talking to all the other comics and I told them what he did and they were like howling because of how funny it was. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to do, to do that. I didn't realize I was like, uh, I didn't realize that was bad. I was like, oh, no, it's cool. Dude, but, but it, well, I mean, yeah, you're working something out. But I mean, there was times where like, I'm just like, I have seen some comics that have claimed to be have to have been a comic for 30 years and they do the same exact jokes and the same exact sequence the same exact way every single time they don't change anything sometimes it's funny it usually isn't but there's like some parts of it where it's like okay you know what if you were to just combine all the good stuff and just have a solid three minutes and just start there and i'm not talking about one person specifically because i could think of seven people right now yeah, if you that- just learn how to edit and you know <laughs> write a better joke things would go differently yeah well i mean that's the thing though i mean there's so much pride with stand-up there's so much pride in the work that you have, have, have put in all the experiences that, that you've gone through. And so it's just like, no, you're not changing that. That's my experience. But it's like, dude, you got to make it funny. You got to make it relatable. You got to make it in the moment so people know that it's genuine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's people always be like, so there's, there's certain comments on me. They're like, I've been doing this 10 years. And I was like, oh, well, you have the comedic like IQ of like someone's only been doing it for two. So it's just the thing is like, yeah, doing it a long time doesn't equate to being good at it. Oh, it's, absolutely. it's doing it a long time and constantly working and, and progressing and getting better. And like, 
doing the work. So when you're, do you do any clean comedy? No, because I'm not a clean person. No, no, no. That isn't what I meant at all. I'm not a clean person at all, but I got brainwashed early on into thinking that if you start off as a dirty comic and you start off as a dirty comedy writer, you could never be a clean comic. And so I, I, I dropped some acid and I convinced myself that that's bullshit. And so I proved it to myself that I could do 15 minutes clean. Now, is it as funny as my dirty stuff? No, but I could do 15 minutes clean. Yeah. And sometimes and- you need that. Yeah, I can. It's tough for me, but also clean is like such a like, it's also like, you know, subject matter and not cussing. Cause then like, I, I realized like uh, one time I tried to take all the curse words out of my jokes and I was like, Oh, I could still do these jokes, which is yeah. great. Also. I just, I'm a, I curse when I talk. As, me too. It's yeah. hard not to, I substitute teach. Yeah. I'm in hell. when I'm at work, I'm in hell. Well, I'm in hell. I remember I moved to uh, Temecula when I was in uh, high school, my senior year of high school. And one of my good friends was a uh, Mormon, but he was Jack Mormon, which is like, the Mormons that don't practice that are like leaving the church and stuff. They call them Jack Mormons. Oh shit. Yeah. Coolest dude. So funny. And, um, uh, we went to go pick up, I think like surfboards from his friend's house. He was like hardcore Mormon and it was him and his, all his brothers. And we were just sitting there talking and I was just like, fucking shit balls, like fucking bullshit. Like, ah, oh, that bitch was hilarious. Like, you know, just talking. <laughs> and, uh, the whole, like the, the youngest Mormon brother was just like, Every time I curse, like, <laughs> like he, like it, it hurt him. Like he'd never like met a person like me who was just like he'd never heard that many curse words in like twenty seconds. Okay, that that's 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 hilarious. Were were were, were you laughing as this was going on, or were you I just? Didn't know, I didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't realize it until we were in the car like ten minutes later when my friend was like stopped laughing hysterically. I was like, "What?" And he was just like. Bro, you told me, and I was like, oh, shit, dog. And I was like, am I never going to be back? And he's like, no, but I'm probably going to hear about it. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. And I hate it, especially when I talk to comics on the phone, and these assholes are handling errands. And then they have the fucking balls to put me on speakerphone. Oh. And then and then I say something, and they're like, "Um, I'm at the dog park right now, and you're on speakerphone. I'm like, you could have told me that when I first made the call. Not... Like- my wife's in the room. Oh, I know she's in the room. Oh, totally. No, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, oh, no. oh, that's hilarious. I'm like, Frank, I want to suck your cock. <laughs> <laughs> the first My- time she heard uh, a male comic say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, no, I was I was ad living. I wasn't that was not a serious offer. Um, but um, <laughs> what's it called? No, dude, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, no, people say ridiculous things all the, I'm, I'm one of them so it's just i'm, I'm really I, I don't know i was reading one of your profiles for laugh fat from the laugh factory what oh. are the li- what are the lines in there says <laughs> verbatim frank's mom thinks he's a piece of shit for making fun of people yeah <laughs> it's on the actual website i laughed so fucking hard i'm like Oh my god! I can't! I can't wait to interview this guy. This is going to be so uh, much. Uh, this this is too funny. This is too. First time I battled on TV was a kid in a wheelchair. His name is Greg Okay, absolutely very funny comic. I love to death. Um, and um, yeah, he uh, yeah, my mom found out I was battling a kid in a wheelchair, and she was like, "You're a fucking dick." She's like, "You're an asshole." She was like, "Don't do it." Yeah, it was a whole. She left me like a two minute voicemail. I sent it to Comedy Central, and they lo- they laughed their asses off. It was great. You sent a voice message. Do you still have it? Of course. I put it on my album. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the bonus track on my album. It's it's just, it's like three, it's two and a half minutes of her screaming at me. It's pretty great. Okay, for the record, rap rappers, they'll start off their song with a, I miss you, baby. Oh my God, I can't live my life without you. Oh my God, I can't live with your love. And then over here, it's, it's your mom yelling at you, calling you a piece of shit for making fun of a guy in a wheelchair. It is so fun. Dude, so- that is hysterical. No, because, dude, I'm like, oh yeah. Because I'm looking up everything, like every description, all the things that we could talk about, everything. And, and, and then that came up. 
on the lap factory and it like with a label and everything. And I'm just like, how did this get approved? Yeah. Cause listen, was, <laughs> if the laugh factory is putting Chris D'Elia up. I don't think they're worried about. <laughs> <laughs> Frank! <laughs> if you want me to bleep that, I, I will. Are you kidding me? Uh, my first TV debut got pulled because D'Elia was the judge. So the first time I was ever on TV, um, instead of cutting him out of the episode, because all this, this was, this, the show got released and then the deletion happened. But yeah, they pulled the episode. And I remember just being like, well, fuck this. Like how, how was, you know, and he's back and it's fine. And I was like, yeah, I, I had a feeling the industry wasn't really going to do anything. Wait, did, did they, okay. So Delia's back, but is your episode back? Yeah. No, that's what it makes me laugh. It was just like, yeah, he was always going to come back. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they nothing ever happened uh when it comes to like the courts and stuff like yeah so it was all for show okay so then they should show that battle then they should like re-upload it our bad where it was just like you know it's like all these women especially a lot of like comics in the scene female comics in the scene were complaining about the leader we're saying all these things and they got a lot of bumps because of it right and then it was so funny to see the industry react this way and then, like, pump people up, get rid of Dalia, cancel a bunch of shows, which had, like, Mexicans and people of color on it. And then now they're letting them back in. And it's just like, well, what are we doing here? Well, here's the thing, man. Like, you know, he sells a lot of tickets. And at the end of the day. Yeah. It, it, you know, here's the thing. There's a big difference between him and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's pretty it much what it boils actor. down to. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only thing. But uh, Leo is a gentleman and, and will wait. Look. Yeah, and 21 to 25. You know what I mean? He takes yeah, good- like a gentleman. Like a fucking gentleman. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to go out with a chick that can rent a fucking car. I don't want to go out with some fucking chick that can't rent a fucking car. Okay. Sorry. My bad. My cutoff is 25. I can't yeah. go out with an 18 year old. What the yeah. fuck? Can you, like, can you hold my phone to do the TikTok? Fuck you. Hold my cock. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, so I'm oh, sorry. We, we went on a tangent. But yeah, that is fucked up that they pulled your episode and Dalia's back, but your episode ain't back. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. But, but like, yeah, dude, it was just like, eh, it was so much fun watching the, the roast. Because, oh, my God, I cannot. Also, for the record, how the fuck did you battle somebody in a wheelchair? Like, did, did when you found that out, how did you feel? Were you like, how am I going to do this? Or were you like, oh, I already know what I'm going to well, say? Or- a challenge. And that's and I like a good challenge. And it was also like, you know, it's a writing challenge, which is uh, something I appreciated. But um, <laughs> Greg himself, he was like, he was one of the main reasons I still did it was because he said he was like, if you don't treat me like if you don't treat this battle like everyone else, then I'll get mad. at you." He was like, I don't care what you say. I don't care what the jokes are. He was like, it's just if you don't treat me like every other comic and you treat me differently or don't write the jokes, I know you can write because I'm in a wheelchair. He was like, that's when I'll get mad and I'll get offended. And I was like, oh, OK, Have you, has this ever been stated publicly? Uh, yeah, I think I think I said that I've said it a few times, but that was the that's when I was like, oh, I could just I could go as hard as I want. But oh. also, it's like, it's so easy to go hard on a kid in a wheelchair and to, like, you know, but those three jokes. And that's why I like I had such a big problem with it, because those three jokes were probably one of the those are three of the best. Well, three of my best jokes I've ever written, because it was dealing with such a not a like, you know, my mom was so worried that I was going to get canceled. Because it was like I was making a wheelchair on TV for the first time ever. You know, that could go bad so many ways. I kind of I kind of want to start this podcast with your mom's message. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just out of context. Just out of context. Like, <laughs> yeah, she, I'm just kidding. Was like, she was like, no, it's going to. She was like, why? Why are they making you do that? She thought the fix was in. She thought they were purposely. That's that Mexican shit. Oh, she was no. like, oh, the first time they're putting a Mexican up, they're going to have you go against a kid in a wheelchair. She's like, what, they, they, they're they going to fuck your career already? Like, it was a whole thing. Oh, so she thought they were sabotaging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dude, I'm fucking speechless. Holy shit, hey. dude. Mama Bear's fucking, ooh. I, oh, this is so great. Okay, dude. 
wow i have goosebumps right now um <laughs> that's crazy oh my god because like face value i thought it was just like you're a bad person and and that's it and she's going off about how you're going to hell you're a bad catholic or relapse or lapse cat whatever i thought that's where my brain went but then yeah. it's just like mijo you're gonna get canceled <laughs> it's yeah. bad well they're gonna you know you're the first mexican on that show and you're gonna be the last one on there and yeah. they're doing that on purpose and I don't want to say where, but I feel like sometimes industry goes to certain scenes that are not L.A. And they find certain people that fit the cookie cutter of what they need. I mean, and listen. then and then and then they say that that person from that location and the and all the comedians from that location fucking suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's the big thing is like, yeah, they're like this person's from here. And then like, that's not our best of that. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like um, somebody recently was like, oh, what do you want me to say about you when I introduce you? Do you want me to say that you're from the Bay? I'm like, do not say I'm from the Bay in L.A. They're already going to fucking hate me. They already hate me. I'm fat. Like, they're, they're going to fucking really hate me yeah. for being from the Bay. Like, if I just come out there, like, you know, like, I might as well come out with a San Francisco Giants hat and be like, SF. Fuck yeah. You know, whatever. But it's just, I, I, I don't know. Like, um, uh, do, do you do any Spanish shows? No, I wish I spoke Spanish. I regret not being able to speak Spanish. Which, okay. If you ever want to learn Spanish, I could teach you Spanish. Oh, shit. I'm not lying. I might have to take you up on that. I'm not joking. I'm dying laughing. Oh, no. I'll teach you. Dude, I'll teach you conversational. And also, uh, if you really want to, and, and I'm going on record saying this because I don't edit my podcast unless my guests tell me to. But, dude, like, yeah, I, I, I've done this for somebody. I'll tell you off the record who. But I, I, I translated one of my friends. Stand up comedy bit into Spanish. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. So check this out. So this is me. So in English, I say that I look like a, that I look like a proud Samoan lesbian woman with a beard. Mm -hmm. In Spanish, I say me parezco como una. Uh, Samoana lesbiana con barba. Weird. It's the same exact fucking thing. And it's just like there's like a lot of like nuances. And it's yeah. just like I spoke to like a professional Spanish comic and he got pissed off that I got his number. I was four months into comedy and uh, he was really pissed. He's like, hey, bro, I don't know how the fuck you got my number, but you got three minutes. And I was like, listen, I just started stand up. I'm trying to start a comedy scene in Spanish in the Bay Area. So we we're on the phone for like two hours and he's telling me about the, the differences. Like you can't joke about cancer. You can't joke about pedophilia. You can't joke about rape. Only time you could joke about rape is if you're in prison and you're like, hey, te voy a coger, cabrón. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you can't talk about rape. You can't rape a woman. You could only rape a man in prison. But you, yeah. you have this. And I'm just like. What the fuck? It's well, like you can't talk about pedophilia, but if you rape a pedophile that's under 18, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, so I think you would thrive in Spanish comedy. So, uh, but because it, I mean, dude, to be honest with you, man, like it, it, you could still learn Spanish. You could still do it. Like it's not too late. The only, the only, uh, and, and this sucks, but like, dude, even watching, even watching Spanish television or listening to Spanish songs, like I listen to all the reggaeton stations. Yeah, I've been getting into listening to Spanish music a lot lately. Yeah, dude, it helps because you get familiarized with the words, with the way they're pronounced. Pero también cuando son de Puerto Rico, así hablan, así hablan español, así hablan así, es una forma así. Pero tú sabes, los mexicanos así hablan así. And so, like, like there's different subtle, subtle. It'd be like the difference between speaking in English like this versus like talking in English like this, and it's like totally yeah, different cool. dialect. That's right, brother. Totally different. <laughs> so it's just like you know, it's just like it's just like you know, like in Spanish, if you're from the mountains, hola, yeah. bueno, cómo estás? <laughs> I got I got, I got family. Uh, Hello, see, como estas? Anyway, so no, I got family like that too. So it's like I'm not just like you know, like just talking shit. Yeah. 
indiscriminately. I'm talking shit about certain people. And no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. um, at any rate, um, I was gonna ask you also. Um, oh yeah, this is what I this is what I got from the from the uh, Kim uh, Kim interview that you did. That you admitted that Channing Tatum you think is really handsome and funny. Oh yeah. I love, I love, <laughs> I love magic. Mike, uh, Shannon Kane is great, obviously. Um, but and the, like, and the franchise and the franchise magic Mike franchise is such a good fucking movie and such a good series of films. Have you seen the first one? No, it's I haven't a- seen it. In- okay. Sorry. sorry Cause like you watch it and you're like, Oh, it's just a big hunky dumb guy like doing male stripper shit. And then you went and he's like an architect who's just trying to like save up money and like build his own furniture. And then you're like, Oh, this like is kind of deeper. And then it's like weird and kind of like deep and existential. And then there's dudes with their shirts off. It's so, it's a weird, like it's, it's a good movie. Like, you know, <laughs> there's a part where like you want to cry. Cause like there's some like oh. real like deep heavy shit going on. Yeah. And then the sequel, <laughs> I swear to God, the sequel, all comedy road trip. It straight up is just it's a road trip movie with dudes and their shirts off. It's fucking hysterical, dude. There was like, I remember there like the there's like a scene where one of the guys is just like, he was like, No, I bet you I can he was like, I bet you I can get free shit uh from this like gas station tenant. And the gas station tenant's like the typical big like woman at a gas station tenant, and he like walks in without his shirt and he's just like doing dances in the aisles and like pouring shit on them from like the the like the soda machine it, it is hands down one of the funniest things i've ever seen it's so ridiculous and you know what's even cooler jacqueline marfugi she's a comic mm-hmm. she actually she actually got hired to host the live show in vegas i don't know how she got it i don't know if they saw her do stand up but then they added to it and now like she's like the comedic element and the only girl on the show yeah apparently she kills and it's really funny and uh i told her i was like i love magic mike dude dying laughing i was like so she was like anytime you and your wife want to come and see the live show so we're gonna go see it i'm gonna take my sister it's gonna be hilarious shit uh tell them i'm your cousin i'm going to (laughs) (laughs) no because Watch the movie. Just watch the okay. first movie. Dude, and I, the I, movie. I swear to God. Or at is... least the trailers. Just watch the trailer. Okay, okay. I'm not watching the trailer. I've seen the trailer. I'll watch the movie. Um, only because I've never seen a straight man be this compassionate about a movie. Yeah, this like... great actor, dog. Dude, no, listen. No, no, because, okay. And also fucking, uh, what, uh, what's his name? All right, all right, it's in it. Well, Fluffy's in it too. He plays a DJ for two yeah, seconds. Yeah, Fluffy. Hey, dude, it's such a good movie, dude. It's like you can I mean, it's it's better than you'd expect. Oh my god. You know, because I'm I don't I don't know. Um, in addition to stand-up, uh, if you're if you work on scripts too, but I get these new ideas from watching shit that I normally wouldn't watch. So I'm getting kind of excited watching a movie that is targeted for women when when I write stories or I write jokes, it's like I want to make myself laugh. I want to make people that, you know, I want to make everyone laugh, of course. But I mean, it's just like mostly for dudes. So like, you know, when I see movies like Bad Teacher, I know it's for mostly for women with Justin Timberlake, who's the love interest, who's a broke ass teacher who she chooses over the millionaire. Shut the fuck up. That ain't fucking real life. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't real fucking life. No, I I watch. I substitute teach. I wrote a. I wrote a stoner comedy movie where the protagonist his name is Mr. Pacheco. He's a lovable stoner and he gets a once in a lifetime opportunity to be a long term substitute teacher where he teaches Spanish at Carlmont High School, which is the high school that is based um, from the movie Dangerous Minds with the movie, uh, you know, with Coolio. Been spending most of our life living in a gangster's paradise. So at any rate, I can't sing for shit, obviously. Um, but um, I used to work at that school as a long term teacher. So they would bust in kids from the hood and they'd be like, uh-uh, I learned how to speak no Mexican. <laughs> okay, well, me neither. We're learning Spanish. Matter of fact, we're going to talk taco, okay? We're going to talk talk, okay? Jesus Christ. And for the record, I'm not a Mexican. I'm Mexican. I, I, I am a mess, but not Mexican. Anyway, any rate, um, I'm going to just ask you a couple questions because I want to be respectful of your time. Because, uh, you know, I have way more Magic Mike questions I want to ask. Um, 
Have yeah, you ever jerked? We got to go lunch with the lady. Oh yeah. Okay. So let me let me let me get to my last couple of jo- uh, jokes questions. Um, how did you cope during the pandemic when all the comedy clubs closed down? Oh, I still did a few shows when they they popped up, but most of the time I just man, it was just me and the lady hanging out watching TV. But it was a good. It was almost. It was a weird, like, much needed reset. Where it was like, oh, now you have to take a vacation. Dude, yeah, okay. So, so you took the time to relax, recharge, and so, okay. So, so you were doing healthy stuff, okay. And uh, two questions, final questions. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten for stand-up comedy that has helped your career? Um, it was uh, just be be a better comic than the one where yeah yesterday, and then okay. also. I have on my uh, on my wall. Um, the, uh, what was it? What's that? Oh yeah, you don't be a don't be a writer that does stand up. Be a stand up that writes. Ooh, that's that's fucking deep. Did you? That's that's fucking that's wow. Ooh, that's ooh, that's that that's that's so awesome. Anyway, you know, I I, <laughs> I, I love. I, I do. I love that so much. And it's just, yeah, dude, has, dude. Yeah. Be a stand-up who fucking writes. Yes. Um, not a writer to stand up. Yeah, dude. Fuck those guys and gals <laughs> um, and non-binaries. Let's fucking put them all onto the fucking cross. And my last question to you is um, where can the people find you at home? Uh, my address is no. Uh, <laughs> Frank Castillo on Instagram. Uh Frank C comedy on Twitter. And then uh, on it, my Instagram has my link tree. It's got everything. I, I have a cool podcast called peaked on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify. Um, and then at my home clubs, the comedy store, I'm going to be in te- Houston, Texas, 16th and 17th. And then next week I'm in the Bay area. Uh, I mean, I guess Wednesday, I don't know when this comes out, but I'm going to be in the Bay area this week. So tomorrow. Perfect. Yeah. I'll be in the Bay area tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday or Wednesday, I'm in San Francisco. The, punchline i think no no at the cobs and then uh thursday i'm in the sacramento uh cobs and then um oh no sacramento punchline Punchline. yeah there we go i was getting mixed up and then friday i'm chico nice that's really awesome uh i'll be sure to link all of those um links to get your Instagram, to get your Twitter, to get your link tree, to get your podcast. Uh, hope the people go to your shows, uh, go to the comedy store. Uh, be sure to check out Frank Castillo. Uh, look up his schedule, follow him, follow him on social media. He's hilarious on social media, too. Uh, great fucking guy. Great friend of mine. And uh, thank you for the great interview. Uh, thank you so much again, Frank, for your time. And Sorry for passing out the other day. Yeah. No, 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 no. Trust me, it was it was a blessing in disguise, and I responded as 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 not pissed off as I was because I wasn't pissed off at you. I was just more like I'm in the zone. I have my coffee right here. And it was just like I wasn't mad, but I was just like I was like fuck, man. I was like fuck. He doesn't want to do it. No, no, we got we had a big breakfast. I think I rolled that <laughs> point. I took like two dabs and like I just passed out. And I remember I woke up at like two and I was like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> I think I had uh, a set that I slept through, dude. It was it was fucking uh, uh, no, dude. It was a straight up. It was a straight up. Frank doesn't want to do my podcast. <laughs> Frank doesn't respect me as a comedian. But he's he's sympathetic towards me and he feels sorry for me. So he wants to spare my feelings by 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 ghosting me. And and, and he didn't even leave me on. He didn't even leave me on red. He hasn't even seen my fucking message. He's just like, fuck this guy. I'm muting him. Do not. OK, so that's that's where my brain went. I'm just drooling on myself. <laughs> All fucked up. All yeah. fucking tired from the itis from eating a good meal. And it's just, and then, you know, insecure me is just like, Frank hates me. Yeah. No, no, no. And I'm like, so when you hit me up later and you're like, hey, bro, I'm really sorry. What can we do with these days? And I'm like, yeah, we can. So I'm glad this worked out. I'm glad we got to talk. I'm glad that I was able to get such wisdom and knowledge from you. Um, and I, and I just want to state for the record, um, Talking to stoner comedians on my podcast have always been the most enriching episodes where I have gotten the best philosophy about comedy and life. And 
I feel like I'm just going to only just do stoners from now on. Like, yeah, if, you, if you don't smoke a bunch of weed, I don't want you on my fucking show. I'm just kidding. That's not true. That's not true. But 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 I do want to say, though, all of my weed comedy brothers and sisters that have been on my show that smoke hella weed, uh, gotten a lot of great philosophy. You being one of them, you um, have been more than generous with all the comedy gems and wisdom, advice and everything that you've uh, given out. Uh, so I really do appreciate that and your time and hope to see you soon. And I'll check you out to the comedy store next time I am available and you're there. Yeah. Hit uh, me up. Uh, are you going to be in the, are you in LA now or are you in the Bay area? I'm in Santa Monica. So oh. I'm, I'm like 20 minutes away. So oh, yeah. 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 Brother. So yeah, I'll hit you up, dude, but yeah, I'd love to check you out, but either way, dude, have a great day. Thank you for doing my podcast. Hey, cool, yeah, brother. Like, well, that was really fun guys. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. So please subscribe. Oh, wait. Here's my outro. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, do your boy a favor. Tell your friends. Tell your cool family members. Tell your cool co-workers. Let them know about the podcast. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and be sure to follow me on all social media, Puro Papi Pacheco, and check out my website at HispanicTitanic.com for future dates. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Have a great day.